It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, Meg Herber, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, Meg, and Bill. And welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider Podcast, where everybody's throat is clear and people are ready to share their opinions. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie, with me as always, Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, and Meg Erber, and they will be greeted in uh, a time of my choosing here in a moment. First, I want to thank our sponsor, and that'd be our good pals over at Logo Mats. You know, for 50 years, they've been producing quality floor mats that provide a cleaner, safer, and gosh darn it, a healthier working environment. Those rubber-backed floor mats reduce slip and fall accidents while improving workplace aesthetics featuring your customer's logo. They're committed to integrity, quality, and the fastest delivery times in the industry. And by focusing exclusively on mats, Logo Mats offers the best products and warranty in the business. And those mats, we've got several of them here at Promo Corner. They last uh, three to five years. That is a really, really long lifespan for a quality promotional product. So if you want to learn more, head over to LogomatsLLC.com. You won't be sorry you did. Now, I mentioned we have Meg Erber from SNS Activewear, Stephen McFadden from Perfect Promotions and more. Hello. Jeff Franklin. No, I didn't say hello. You're not supposed to talk yet. <laughs> I'm still talking. Notice I was quiet. Meg, the I appreciate I was saying I hello to Meg. Meg, I appreciate your manners, and clearly you went to Cotillion. Um, and Jeff Franklin, uh, who, guy. Is, who is with Headwear USA. As always, you can listen to this podcast and any Promo Corner podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and now Spotify. Just search Promo Corner and subscribe. Now, welcome, everybody. Hey, Bill. How are you? <laughs> Hi, Bill. We're all going to be quiet. You know, I just I wanted to point out that Meg was quiet until a certain point, and then she did speak. So, you know, I think True. they both you broke the rules, You know how hard it is Bill? for me to not speak? Like, ter- it's ridiculous. I, I don't know nothing about nothing. So, but what I do know is this. Triple negatives. I've got, I've, I've got, uh, Je- Steven's got a new microphone, so he doesn't <laughs> sound like he's stuck in some sort of cave somewhere. So we can all be thankful for that. But more importantly, I know what our topic is today. And our topic today is, does anyone have a drum roll? <laughs> we really need to up the production value I'm on not, this broadcast. Not, that was not, a sound word. That wasn't me. That was an actual... <laughs> um, the topic today, as we start recording, is margins. We're going to talk about margins. And I think this is really from a uh, distributor perspective. But I, I, you know, the Stephen is your topic, so I'd like you to take the lead. But do you do it by the book, or do you allow salespeople to make their own? Stephen McFadden, what say you? Well, thank you, Bill. <laughs> I'm really that excited to test the new mic. <laughs> that was great. I, I actually, I, this this topic came up because I, I know Jeff and I have had a lot of discussion about this. Um, Jeff's, uh, you know, with headwear, they they headwear USA, not oh, headwear Canada. Me. Headwear Guatemala. Let's be clear on that, please. Sorry, Headwear USA. Uh, also Guatemala. Um, we're talking <laughs> and, about how they and Canada, and, in Canada and and the world. They um, they, they have a really unique approach with you know not providing pricing because their their value is so good that they think we can get beyond the scaled margins. And and I and I like that approach. I think that's that's a good one. Um, you know, I did a little bit of uh, research just to see, okay, what is what is by the book? You know, what is the industry average and in margin? Um, 
as of 2018, it looks like they it was like 34.8 percent margin was the was the average uh, industry wide margin. I, I, I don't know. I think there is there's a there's a certain point where you can charge whatever someone will pay for something. You know, I, I don't think that you should necessarily have to stick with with, um, you know, the values that were given to us by letter codes, you know, but I do think that there is some sort of, you know, they won't pay for it at a certain point. So those are kind of helpful guidelines. People are used to paying a certain amount for certain products. So you can only go above and beyond you know, what someone dictates a margin is uh, based on the perceived value of, of what someone will pay for it. So, you know, I've kind of been stewing this over and, and, and I think that there's a lot of truth to the saying, you know, people want to provide value, you know, provide value. Well, it's like, well, if you're providing value, should you not be compensated for the value provided? So that being um, said, Stephen, what's yeah. your average markup? That seems like a little personal, but we're we're over forty. <laughs> you brought well, up good. the topic. I mean, how can this be personal if you what? brought up the topic? No, exactly. I, I, I do. How I can do. you eat your meat if you don't have any pudding? He's I mean, like, how can is... you have any pudding if you don't eat your meat? We <laughs> operate a real, real slim nine point six percent margin. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. No, He's we. One of those guys do you work? Posts... Do you work for Headwear? <laughs> <laughs> no, last year we we topped forty two percent. Um, overall for all, all product sales and all apparel sales. That's good. Um, I just want to make sure you're getting yours, you know? Yeah, and, and I think it's, you know, it's, it has to do a lot with the types of products that are sold. You know, there's a lot yep. of products, uh, you know, shout out to, to, to Logo Mats. They, uh, they are on a, you know, a larger margin scale. So you can make more on products like that. Apparel, you can typically make more than a the standard 40% or as the industry shows, 35%. So I think there's a, you know there are there are a lot of opportunities to add, like I said, add value. But the value can come at, uh, to your advantage. You know, can increase your margin. Things like packaging, things like kitting. Um, you know, co- combining two different types of products uh, to to maybe have one sale price, which can result in margin. So there, there's ways to do it. Um, you know, I, is there is there a way to do it by the book? Sure. I think there's a market for for all of that. But I do think that. It kind of is based on what you're selling and who you're selling it to. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Like, there's a lot of value add that goes into this stuff, and, and it's part of my pitch too. There's some products that I sell specifically on price and margin. Um, are you okay, Stephen? If I just drop one one net price down here or no? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, for instance, uh, American Apparel. That's a this is a premium brand, right? You know, anyone who's looking to buy American Apparel, they can go to their website and they can see how much it's going to cost. For instance. They have some basic T-shirts, the you know 2001, the BB401, uh, and then their tri-blend, the TR401. You go to that website and you type in those exact same item numbers, BB401W, it comes up $18, okay? So people that are buying this shirt, they already expect to pay $18 for this premium T-shirt. But in our industry, obviously, we're selling them at a much lower cost. So that's why when I go into distributors and I'm talking, I'm like, listen, if you're selling these premium t-shirts, they're used to buying them at a premium cost. Your cost, your specific cost is $3.60. So you can do what you want with those margins. I have had one or two customers that specifically say, no, we have a chart, we only do 40% or we only do 35% or whatever it may be, but it does allow you to a much bigger window for your margins and it's all about differentiating yourself from from your competitor your competition as well like if you guys are going in there selling that same gildan 5000 t-shirt 
well, then you're going to have to cut your margins. Otherwise, unless that you have that relationship where they're just always going to buy from you, you know, you got to just offer something a little bit different, maybe a Hanes comp or, or an upgraded model to kind of show, you know, that you know what the trends are. It's all about offering, you know, something a little bit different maybe uh, to help increase your margins or differentiating yourself from the competition to just get away from that margin game, that price game. Yeah, I've got a pet peeve here. All right. Um, oh, <clears throat> all right. Not, not, not Based off something I said? No, no, no. Not, not with Meg. Um, Good. With, with this topic. Does that mean me? So a lot of people, no, not with you <laughs> either. Based on the topic, guys. Come on now. Margin. Let's go. So it's so. <clears throat> yeah, it's always Bill. Um, no, so listen, I, I think, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the questions that people ask uh, quite often that is, sort of bothers me is, you know, well, what, what can I sell it for? What should I sell it for? What can you sell it for is the question yep. that you should really be asking yourself. Uh, ultimately, you know, I, I sell hats. Thanks for the plug earlier, Stephen. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, the, the cost of our caps is much, uh, much more inexpensive, I guess I should say. Uh, then you talk uh, English good. Some of the other, some of the, thank you. <laughs> Just like He's avoiding me. <laughs> the word cheap, I think is what he was. That's yeah, exactly what I was doing. Um, <laughs> No, we sell a retail quality cap at a very inexpensive price. I'd say it's cost effective. It's very cost effective. Mm. Thank you, Bill. Uh, So, no, I mean, you know, when you compare, you know, our cap quality, you know, comparable style, you know, versus somebody else's, you know, you can, if you sold, you know, let's just say uh, outdoor cap, for instance, if you sold uh, one of my comparable caps, but you sold it for their price, you'd make well over 100% margin. Um, you know, so it's not a matter of, uh, you know, what should you sell it for? I mean, honestly, you just need to be a little bit more aware of the industry and aware of, uh, the suppliers and just be, I don't know, I guess more cognizant of what's, what's going on and what you can make. I mean, you shouldn't, there's so many people that just use that as a blanket approach, Stephen, like you were talking about, you know, ah, well, well, my cost is $3. Let's multiply that by 0.33 and we'll just sell it for that. I mean, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, you know, if you're, if you truly are adding value and you truly are, uh, you know, I guess resource conscious and you know where to source your product from, and you know what other costs are out there in the marketplace, you can make a lot more money. Um, you know, it, it really bothers me that there are distributors out there making, you know, only 20%. They're then only making 30%. It's crazy. Uh, you guys can make so much more money if you're just a little bit uh, aware of, of what's going on out there. So, so if I could jump in real quick, Stephen, yep. if I could jump yeah. in. So when I, I actually, I'm, <laughs> can't, believe I'm saying this. I agree with <laughs> Jeff Franklin. Um, <laughs> yeah, even a broken clock's right Slope. twice a day. <laughs> um, so here, here's why. Um, I think so many distributors are not inherently good salespeople. And that's not to criticize them. It's just, it's very scary sometimes to be in sales. I remember my first sales job. Boy, the first objection anybody would give me, man, you bet I'll drop my prices. You kidding me? Mm-hmm. First thing I'll do. And I think because they're so conditioned to do it, so many distributors are, are almost, and they don't even know it, but they're engaged in this race to the bottom that they're desperate to win, but really nobody wins but the, but the end user customer and all they end up doing is really devaluing what we do in our industry. So I agree with Jeff Franklin. Yay. Preach, sister. Preach. Hey, so you know, just just a quick question because I'm I, I do agree with you as well, Jeff. I'm I am curious with that model. Um, you know, let's run through the scenario. You have someone that 
take gets the price of your piece, sends a quote off, you, you thinking that they can get looking at retail, you know, a, a 50, 60, 70 point margin on it, they lose a job, you know, because they didn't have any any place to, to start, you know, they didn't really know how to quote it. Um, do you do you care? Do you push back and say they just need to have a better understanding of what things are sold for? Because, you know, as we know, the industry is filled with copycats and very similar products throughout. And there are price guidelines that other people are using to quote things. Well, I, think, um, I think you need to judge yeah. the relationship that you have with your customer because sure. you can't just put a flat a, price on anything right. across the yep. board regardless. Right. You know, I know a lot of distributors. They're they're very um, they're very much on the on the price front and on the you know fighting that price war. So yep. they think that their their foot in the door is by going in cheaper, and that's just not always the case. The price to the or the race to the the bottom uh, as far as price goes is not the race you want to win. For sure. And um, you know, I think if you evaluate the customers that you're working with and you uh, really take a hard look at that, then I think you can answer that question for yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. me personally, it, it takes the same amount of time to write. Uh, you know, to write an order where I'm going to make $50 as it does to write an order that I'm going to make $50,000. You know, so ultimately, I know that's obviously a little bit of an unrealistic (laughs) uh, markup, but just a couple zeros. I mean, you get the point. It, It takes the same amount of time. So ultimately, I'd rather, you know, write less orders and make more margin, you know, than to do the opposite. So I, I have a follow-up, uh, unrelated. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this this topic. Has EQP been killing margins? Um, just how much EQP is out there in the industry right now? Is it is it hurting? Uh, no, I you know what okay. you know what I think is hurting is when these specific um, online companies are getting it for well below EQP, and sure. then nobody can compete with them. Again, it's, you're going to get the argument where, oh, you have to have the relationship. Yes, I get it. That's I'm not even on that end of it anymore, thank God. But a lot of people have to sacrifice their margins to compete with the online guys. And then there's times, that, you know, it makes sense to do that. And you, and you just have to. But that's sometimes you have to eat it to win it. And that's just trying to win the customer. And, and maybe they see that good faith. But EQP is kind of standard, I think, if you're not in well, some I mean, type of buying group or anything anymore. If you're not getting EQP, then, my God, just you got to get in the relationship with your with your vendor and get EQP. And that's just it though. I mean the the you know if if somebody's going to order from 4 imprint, you're not going to win that business regardless, you know. Uh, until 4imprint, uh, you know, screws up an order or they think they process something the correct way and they get zero customer service back and mm-hmm. and the, the order comes in and somehow they end up getting screwed because that's happened to me before when I was a distributor. I had a customer leave, go to 4imprint and they came back to me like literally the next order and they never went away again. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think if you evaluate the customers and you evaluate the relationship, you know, sort of, or you should be able to tell where you get that stuff. And honestly, you know, if you find out that you lost the order, you can always, you know, if you're having open conversations with your customers, um, you know, you can find out why you lost the order. You know, you can find out, oh, well, you know, they went to so-and-so because the price was 20 cents cheaper, you know, then, you know, then you know where you stand with that customer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Your relationship is worth 20 cents. Mm-hmm. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me change the topic a little bit. Nope. When, I, when I read this, too bad, too bad. Um, so when I saw this topic, I was thinking, okay, buy the book or make your own. And it made me start thinking about salespeople and how much you might allow, and I'm talking to you, Stephen, how much you, how much uh, discretion you allow salespeople in your organization sure. to 
create their margins? And if so, if not, why not? If you do, how, how does that work? And as a follow-up, if you do, how or how does it not impact their overall commission rate? Hmm. Yeah, so I, I actually got a really good education on, you guys familiar with the Ber- Bergman method? of compensation mm-hmm. i've heard of it yep okay so i i had no I'm idea what that was fan. are you huge okay so for those that don't know um basically it's your commission payout is based on the margin you get so if you sell at 40 points you get 40 percent of profit if you sell at 60 points you get 60 percent of profit so uh there's some there's some thresholds though like you can't go below 30 and i think it caps at like 70 or something like that but um but anyways, that's that's the that's a, a really interesting model. We don't currently use that um, because I just learned about it. But <laughs> but it's something um, I'm, I'm entertaining. I think is a really cool perspective. Uh, the way we do, you know, the way we currently do sales, uh, commissions, payouts with, you know, if there is a set percentage, if they do sell it for more, then obviously there's more profit, so they're still reaping the benefits of that. We the only type of discretion we we give is. They can. We set a minimum. You know, our minimum is thirty, um, and if it has to go below that for any reason, I need to see why. And you know, what what's the reason for that? Is it is this an existing client and it's a massive project where twenty eight points on, you know, quarter million dollars? Okay, we can figure something out. You know, <laughs> so sometimes you just have to do what you have to do for some some jobs. Um, but that that's where that's where we're at. Uh, that's that's kind of the position we've taken. But I don't know. I, I feel like the, the the Bergman method is is great. I think there's some some good. I I think I I'm a fan of the modified where I'd have a cap as well. I'd have cap it at fifty. I think at some point you you inadvertently encourage your salespeople to gouge. Sure. Um, so, but that's just my personal opinion. But yeah, I, I when when I had uh, when I ran a distributorship, we we used that method and we had it. Uh, below below twenty uh, below thirty percent. I needed to understand why it was below thirty percent um, and above fifty. But between those two, or I'm sorry, twenty five and fifty. Below twenty five and, and above fifty. Be beyond that, it's entirely up to you. And I'm not going to say a word. Is it gouging if the customer is happy with the price they're paying? Though not necessarily. I think that's just a. I think I, I think it depends on the situation. I think there are times where you can charge, you know, hundred ninety percent, and it's not gouging. I think there are times you can charge fifty percent, and it is gouging. I don't think it's a black and white issue. Because I think I think back to Meg's question with e, or was it Stephen with the yeah, Stephen with EQP? They sound a lot alike. Easy to confuse. Ruining things. <laughs> same well, beard, I mean, same mustache. Fifteen minutes ago, you know. Sorry. Uh, so when Stephen mentioned about you know is EQP then ruining pricing and margins in the industry. I think the, the reason that that would potentially be the case is that because there are so many suppliers now offering end quantity pricing to distributors, yeah. uh, are the distributors savvy enough to not pass that along to their customer and actually make more margin? Because that's why the suppliers put it out there, you know, so that the distributors then have an incentive to, you know, they have the tools in place to make more money then. But if they're passing along EQP to their customer, then they're just in that race war to the bottom again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that's really where the problem comes into play. I think you know if you're buying 50 caps, for instance, 50 hats, you know, and you're giving your customer EQP because Hidwear or any other hat supplier out there is giving you EQP at 50 pieces, I think you're crazy. You know, the retail perceived value on a hat 
you know, when you go out there, they're ranging anywhere from twenty to fifty dollars. Yeah. Right. You know, why shouldn't you be able to sell a three dollar hat for ten dollars? Well, a lot of it goes down to just the way our industry is set up. There's not a lot of training. There's a lot of go out there and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And when when you put people in that situation, you know, like I said, if we all, you know, I think we're all pretty savvy salespeople on this uh, podcast. But I, I don't think I'm the only one who remembers, you know, early on where you get challenged on why someone should buy from you as opposed to your competitor mm-hmm. that you didn't drop price immediately. I mean, I think we all do that to an extent. Hopefully we grow out of that. We learn different tactics. We learn that, you know, how to add value and, and bring different things to the table that justify a higher price and not sure. only justify, but, but absolutely uh, require a higher price. But I think you have a, a, a group of potentially untrained people out there who really don't know what else to do other than to offer price because they're scared. They're scared because I can uh, – anybody else who's my competitor, anybody else in this industry who's a distributor, they sell the same stuff I'm selling. So it, it is yeah. – I can I can understand the in-the-moment panic. I agree with you, Jeff. Um, I, you know, we can sit here and talk about, you know, sit, distributors need to be more savvy. I think there just needs to be more education for distributors to understand how to work around those type of issues. And that's mm-hmm. a very good point. Like there's ways that you can boost your margins by just cutting simple costs out, you know, like – a lot of artware, uh, artware, oh my God, artwork. Um, for instance, when I was a distributor, I was, uh, you know, I was obviously with Halo, I'm splitting my commissions, like 50%, something like that. And then if I had to send artwork out, I was literally paying 15, 20 bucks. Well, if I had an order of pens or something silly that was not going to make me a lot of money, then I was losing all of my margins. Like it was gone. So then I, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to learn Illustrator. I'm going to figure this out. So then I was able to cut those overhead costs out. You know, um, what are some other ways that you guys, like combining orders for free shipping? You know, a lot of apparel vendors have $200 free freight concessions. Well, a lot of distributors at that point might combine a few apparel orders so they can hit that free freight threshold and then ship them. So there's another way to reduce, you know, reduce costs, overhead costs. I think the biggest one is just have confidence that what you're, the value you provide as a marketing consultant that happens to specialize in the vehicle of branded merchandise the expertise you provide is worth something and i used to tell clients back in my distributor days when i would get pushed back on price i'd say you know what i don't actually charge for any of my creative services if you'd like me to go ahead and put a line item on your invoice i can do that um i said i bake that into the I bake that right into the cost of the, the product. And then when you shop me around, no one else has to spend that time. No one has to burn those calories. So they're not going to charge you for it. Exactly. And so I would tell clients, if I, clients got a two, uh, you know, one, one mistake rule with me, especially smaller ones. If I did a job for them or, or did a quote for them, came up with the idea, did some joint venturing with them, spent the time to research and present them with an idea that they loved, and then they bid me out, I would have a conversation with them and let them know I don't work that way. Um, if you want, and if you if you're just looking for a reorder on brand X pen, and you just call me for a quote on that, you absolutely should go with the lowest cost provider. If you know exactly what you want, you should absolutely do that. Right. But if you're calling me and asking me to engage you, to think about you, to strategize on your behalf, to come up with ideas and concepts that happen to manifest themselves in a uh, delivery vehicle that happens to be promotional products, you're darn right I expect you to buy that from me. Yeah. So if they did it once, they got a warning. If they did it again, I would, t- I would send them a, a letter and say, I want to thank me. you. 
Yep, yep, that pretty much. <laughs> I basically started treating them like Jeff Franklin. So, <laughs> and I mean, that's the other thing too, like the amount of energy that you're putting into an order, whether it's a 50-piece order or a 50,000-piece order, you know, it's the same amount of energy too, kind yep. of. So, no, it is. It totally is. So ultimately, I mean, you know, back to Steve's question again about, you know, whether or not you evaluate the customers to figure out, you know, if you lose an order or whatever. I mean, obviously, if you're working with somebody that's, you know, giving you 20,000-piece orders or 50,000-piece orders or whatever, like somebody somebody that's pretty savvy, they're placing big orders, you know you're not going to put a 300% markup uh, on those guys, right, you know, because right. they'll immediately right. leave you and go somewhere else. But, you know, an instance that, uh, that I can give you, CPPA, the Chesapeake Promotional Products Association, we do uh, a Pints and Promos event at least one every year. And the last one that we did that I can remember of, I actually asked the people behind the, the bar, you know, what what do you buy your merchandise for? Like, what price is that hat? What price is that shirt? So on and so forth. The price that they were paying for this hat was literally like 12 or $13, they told me. And it was a $3 hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about so, the shirt? Did it have side seams? <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't remember. Two. I th- I, I totally, think, I and judge everybody based on the I think it was, <laughs> I don't even think it was Belline Canvas. I think it was uh, Next Level or something, which is, that, in that's my fine. opinion, yeah. you know, I, I prefer B and C over Next yeah. Level. But, another um, topic, another day, another dollar. Yeah, another day, another okay. topic, absolutely. But, uh, you know, obviously if you're, you know, ordering, uh, you know, somebody that's doing 50 pieces, you know, that time that Bill's talking about is worth something. And, you know, it's the same amount of energy and the same amount of time. So you've got to charge for that time. So obviously you should make your markups on the smaller orders, and that's really the whole reason behind the tiered pricing, anyways. Yeah. You know, if you're only placing an order for 50 pieces, it costs more to do that because that your time is a line item. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so figure it out, man. Make make more money. I know we're getting towards the end, but just a curiosity from the supplier side: is there discretion for margin? There is it. Is that more of a price game with what you guys do? Or I, I imagine it's more competitive even on, on your yeah. side. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I, I don't deal with the pricing. We have an entire team for that. So if, I, if I'm if i working on a big quote, I'm going to like scoop out what my competitors are, you know, doing. But honestly, I don't really have much say in that. I just pass it along to the, the people who get paid the big bucks. UPS makes a lot of money off our stuff, man. Yeah, us too. <laughs> Now we operate on the smell of an oily rag. That's you know, but we do seventy million hats a year, uh, fifteen locations across the globe. So, um, numbers you know, game. we can we yeah. can afford to yeah. you know operate on you know slightly thinner margins. Well, as Jeff walks right up to that line of where it becomes a commercial, I think it's a good time to stop. Um, <laughs> I think the bottom line. I'm giving you a hard time, Jeff. No, I know, and I, I I'm I try not to make it you know an advertisement for headwear, but at the same time, I mean that's what I know. So no, I'm I'm just giving you a hard time. Yep. I think the biggest takeaway though that what what I think at least personally, thinking about our audience, is especially distributors start valuing what you do. And fight for your margins. Fight for your margins because when you drop, when you go to your supplier and say, hey, I really need you to come through for me here. I need this to get this order. And they they give you a special deal and then you further drop your price. That's disrespectful to them. 
and you're disrespecting the entire industry and most importantly you're disrespecting yourself what you do is valuable what you do makes a difference what you do matters and start treating it like that so fight for your margins Stephen I thought it was a great topic thanks for bringing it up and I'd also like to thank the good strongs over at Logo Mats for being our sponsor for this podcast no setup or art fees made in the USA 100% satisfaction guarantee no minimum order quantity and those mats last three to five years so if you want to learn more and gosh darn it, why wouldn't you? Go ahead and visit logomatsllc.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Guys, great podcast today. We'll yep. talk to you next time. Make out. Bye-bye, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.